Good morning, guys. Welcome back to Those Murder Girls Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Raina. And I'm Marie. You guys, FYI, there are only 78 more days until Christmas. I I cannot wrap my head around that, actually. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Just in case you guys needed something to, like, shock yourself awake this morning. No, didn't have time to stop for coffee. There it is. (laughs) There you go. right around the corner. Oh, my gosh. I can't. 2022. (laughs) Gosh. So, you guys, today's case is a listener suggestion. So, thank you to MasterCap412 for writing us in. This is the case of Jelani Day, a grad student out of Illinois. And it's one full of a lot of tragedy. And I feel like a lot of questions yes too many questions jelani jesse javante day was born june 1996 at almost eight pounds he was one of five children to carmen and Steve day jelani was his parents fourth child and the youngest of three brothers the day children were raised by a set of religious parents who always taught them to be respectful thankful and grateful through scripture church was a way of life for the day family who loved to serve the lord alongside of their friends and family jelani's parents taught the importance of education at a very young age to all of their children who would go on to earn college degrees which made their parents so proud carmen often had a very important talk with her sons cautioning them to what could be a very tough life ahead of them because in In her words, they were born with two strikes against them, one for being dark-skinned and one for being male and dark-skinned. Jelani excelled in academics, graduating from high school and then Alabama A&M University before he then enrolled in undergrad as a doctoral major at Illinois State University. His dream was to become a speech pathologist. He wanted to help children, like a childhood friend of his, who actually was bullied for having a speech impediment. In Swahili, Jelani means mighty, great, and powerful, and Jelani always lived up to that meaning. He was destined, you guys, to do such amazing things in life. Everyone who knew Jelani says the same thing about him. He was focused, energetic. He was so full of life. His mother said that he is a person you just couldn't help but love. I mean, Mm. reading about him, he just sounds like such an amazing man yeah and his smile matched everything that everybody said about him so beaming 25 year old jaylani day was attending illinois state university in bloomington illinois where he also lived and it would also be one of the last places he was seen according to reports and interviews with jaylani's mom nothing seemed out of the ordinary in his personality the days leading up to jaylani's disappearance He was a super happy, level-headed man who had his whole life ahead of him, and it was a life that he thoroughly enjoyed. According to Bloomington Police, two security cameras captured footage of Jelani on August 24, 2021. The first was at 7.20 a.m. on the ISU campus. A still photograph of Jelani walking through the campus shows him wearing a blue collared shirt, black slacks, and a black belt with black shoes and a blue face mask. About an hour and 40 minutes later, he's seen on a second camera, three miles east of the ISU campus at the Hello Beyond Dispensary on North Veterans Parkway in Bloomington. Jelani appears to be alone, pulling into the store's parking lot in his white 2010 four-door Chrysler 300. Now in the footage, it's clear that Jelani had changed his clothes since his early morning visit to ISU campus because now he's wearing a blue Detroit Lions hat. He had a t-shirt on with Jimi Hedrix on the front of it. He was wearing gray shorts and then he had black shoes with white soles and he's holding his iPhone 12. This was the last time that Jelani was seen and captured on any sort of surveillance. According to multiple sources, including those who had taught and or attended ISU, Jelani was last seen 
seen on campus on August 23rd. Jelani also spoke with his family that evening. So Jelani did not attend any classes on August 24th, nor did he have any contact with any friends or family after that. I don't know who's exactly saying the part about him not attending classes because he was on campus on the 24th. Right. And he seemed to be dressed for like some sort of professional interaction while he was there. Yeah, he looked like, very dressed a, up in like clean cut, like ready to do something. Button up, nice yeah. shoes, belt. And then he, he's on campus doing his thing and then he's going to go out and run errands and he changes into like his comfortable clothes. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. It is. There's also more conflicting reports as to the last time that Jelani was seen on campus attending classes. So some reports say August 23rd, where others say that he hadn't been to classes for actually several days prior to his disappearance. What we know for sure is, regardless if he wasn't in class the morning of August 24th or the days prior, it's clear that Jelani was 9 a.m. on the 24th at the dispensary because they have him on camera walking in. Now, what happened after that obviously remains a mystery. I mean, he's a big guy. He's 6'2". He's 180 pounds. Like, you don't just go missing into thin air. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. On August 26th, just one day after Jelani was reported missing, a missing persons bulletin is released by the Bloomington police and investigators get their first big break in Jelani's case. His car was found in Peru, Illinois, which was 60 miles away from where he attended the university. This discovery led to way more questions than answers. Jelani's Chrysler 300 was found abandoned in a heavily wooded area south of the Illinois Valley YMCA, and it was left parked just off of the parking lot at the intersection of 12th and West Clocks. The Peru police responding to the abandoned vehicle call quickly identified the car as that of missing Jelani through their DMV system. To find it parked off the parking lot in the brush was a red flag to the officers immediately. How and why the car had been left there was super suspicious. Inside of the car, police found nothing of real significance. The keys were missing along with Jelani, his wallet, and a lanyard that he was seen holding earlier that held his school ID. The license plate on the back of the car was also missing. The plate on the front was still attached but it didn't have a serial number on it it was like one of those ones that was just for looks and it had the word Motown straight across the front of it Police say at the time that Jelani's car was discovered, they did a thorough investigation of the immediate area with canines, state police, drones, and fire rescue. Carmen, Jelani's mom, does not believe this to be true. The car was transported from where it was found in the brush to a secure facility for proper forensics processing. Nine days after Jelani's car was found, which is now Saturday, September 4th, search crews came across a severely decomposed, nearly naked body that had been floating along the Illinois River Bank. This was a quarter mile east of the 251 bridge. Upon retrieval of the body, Carmen, which is Jelani's mother, was notified, but she wasn't really given any information on the remains and whether there was a possibility that, you know, they could be her youngest sons. She actually wasn't even told if the remains were male or female, Mm. if they had brown hair, if they had brown eyes. I mean, no further details or information was given to her. So Carmen cries in interviews, and through these tears, she's just saying she doesn't understand why authorities do not seem to care about Jelani or her family. Like, why isn't this case getting any attention? She's clearly in agony over her son, and she wonders why, you know, her family, her family friends, and complete strangers... They're the ones that had to organize these searches for her son, Jelani. So, like, she's wondering, is is it because Jelani is an African-American man? I mean, Carmen prayed and prayed, 
that that body that was found in the river obviously did not belong to her son. She wants to believe that it's not. He's a swimmer, you guys. Literally, he was on the high school swim team. I mean, there's no way that Jelani could just drown. And Jelani never really drove to Peru. So she just kept thinking and hoping this couldn't be him, her sweet Jelani. She just kept pushing law enforcement to give her son the attention that he deserves, the type of attention that other missing person cases around the country are getting. I mean, I mean, Carmen's just saying in particular, there's another case that obviously is going on in the country that's getting a lot of attention, which is the Gabby Patillo case. I mean, we covered that case for you guys in episode 61, but she wants the same attention for her son. It's well-deserved. Like, she wants answers. Well, we and knew, I agree. We knew super quickly that the Very body quick. that was discovered at Grand Teton Park matched Gabby's description. We had to wait for a positive ID, but we knew because law enforcement released the information that a body matching Gabby's description had been found. And then there's Carmen sitting waiting to see if the body that was discovered is even a male. It's brutal to even think about. Yeah, they're not giving her anything to even just give her some sort of knowledge towards the case. And I I just want to be clear. Yeah, I'm not hating on the search for Gabby. I mean, if I had a missing friend or family member, that's the kind of search that I would want done. And that's why Carmen wants it done. So it's just heartbreaking know that there's thousands of families out there that feel like Jelani's, you know? Yeah. The 60-mile drive from Bloomington to Peru, like that car had to be caught on other cameras that was was passing through all of those cities. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Whether or not they're not releasing it or not, but absolutely, there's some sort of footage or surveillance that caught that car. That's a long drive That's a long drive. And And there's cameras everywhere these days. Everybody knows that. And where it was parked, if you guys go to our social media, we have pictures of the car up there. There's a lot of body damage to the car so i want to know if that roughed up for sure if that car yeah if the damage was fresh or if that was just the condition that he was driving it in check it out on facebook or instagram at those murder girls podcast let us know what you guys think on wednesday september 6th two isu students were actually walking the riverbank near where the deceased body was found and they discovered a set of clothes well, this set of clothes was the second outfit that Jay Lonnie had wore the day he went missing. It was, you know, the more casual outfit, the t-shirts and shorts that he was clearly seen wearing when he entered the dispensary at 9.12 a.m. on August 24th. Carmen was able to positively identify those findings of clothing as Jaylani's. So how are these items not found by law enforcement if they were in the open? And I mean, they were found by the two college students. So no wonder the family is questioning these thorough search efforts. Carmen consented to a DNA test days after the discovery of the body, but was told the wait was going to be a bit longer than usual because the coroner's office was out of the solution necessary for DNA testing. That's Hmm. interesting. So it would actually be 19 days after the discovery of the body, which was on September 23rd. Almost a month later. Right, until Carmen was actually given the news. That body was Jaylani. It ended up being identified through dental records. Completely heartbroken, as understandably, Carmen wants to know the next steps. How are they going to find Jaylani's killer? The coroner and officers spoke to the possibility of Jaylani being suicidal and, you know, doing this to himself. Carmen shut that down, like, right out the gate with vengeance. She told everybody in the room, Jaylani had a sound mind. He was a healthy man, full of promise. 
He wasn't troubled, and there was no way in hell that he would have walked into the river with the intention of harming himself, as a mother would know, I think, right? So Carmen literally could not believe this absurd conclusion that these professionals were throwing out at her and Jelani's family. So according to Google Maps, because we're not from Illinois, actually super far from it, Mm -hmm. but the area where Jelani's car was found abandoned near that YMCA on 12th and West Clocks and the bridge where his body was found, that calculates to over a mile and walking, it's about 28 to 33 minutes. So why would Jelani just park his car that far away if he's planning on harming himself, make the walk down to the water when he could have, I mean, possibly, you know, did what he set out to do in his car, which was concealed with trees and bushes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make much sense, exactly. And there was no investigation, period, from that point. Or in the car, really. Yeah. It, at the time, they weren't really investigating it as that. So Jelani's wallet and lanyard were eventually found. Now, they were both found in separate areas. Law enforcement has not released the exact places that the items were recovered. So pretty much everything of his has been discarded and found in very random spots. They weren't all together. And I'm in different areas. I'm interested to know if they were discarded like along a possible route from the car to the riverbank. Like a trail that and like led a trail, there. yeah. And if where is his phone? Because they still haven't found his phone yet. On this same day, the Illinois State Police began working with the LaSalle County and Bloomington and the Peru Police Departments. Jeez, a month later. Right. Like, where is the urgency <laughs> in the investigation of this case? Carmen asks this all the time. That's what she wants to know. Where is the effort, she said. Where is the push? And why isn't Jelani important to them? Right. And why did she have to organize searches by herself early on? Mm-hmm. Like, it was with her friends and family, complete strangers. They're trying to do what they can to bring Jelani home. And not the law enforcement that has access to all the necessary resources. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, Jelani's frat brothers, they even created an online petition calling for federal investigators to look into Jelani's suspicious death. Like, everyone's trying their hardest. I wonder if anybody has gone back to that dispensary. Do you think that maybe something he purchased that morning could have maybe been laced? That, like, caused him to maybe want to harm himself? I don't know. Because if that was true, like, what if he didn't show up to class for several days? Right. You know what I mean? And... That was several days prior. Yeah. And there might have been, like, more cases if there was something funky going on with that dispensary. Yeah, Yeah, I was just kind of thinking out loud. Sorry. So Jelani wasn't on the streets, you guys. He wasn't one to cause trouble. He didn't get in trouble, wasn't involved in gangs. I mean, he was a good guy. His mom literally cried saying, you know, he's an aspiring doctor. He's a college graduate on his way to do great things in his community. And then no one cares about, like, finding out what happened to Mm. him, truly. Carmen said that she is going to make sure that Jelani is cared about. He was so loved in life and he loved life and she wants everyone to just continue to love him after his passing. Toxicology tests are still pending and hopefully those will reveal an exact cause of death in Jelani. Like, and I really hope that they do. Carmen says that Jelani had a million reasons to live and not die. The FBI sees it differently though. Their behavioral analysis unit are investigating Jelani. They're analyzing him. They're analyzing his behavior. And this is all happening while his family believes that there's a killer out there that's just continuing to walk free. Like they might be not looking in the right place. So heartbreaking. What's worse than losing someone you love, let alone a child, and not have any support in the investigation? Uh, I mean, that's probably the worst, right? 
The family attorney made the following comment. Maybe we don't jump to a conclusion that this was a suicide before we know. I think that's what's happened here. Can we say that louder for the people in the back, please? Please. There was one person of interest. I mean, I guess you could call him a person of interest that was actually captured on a home security camera in the Peru neighborhood and authorities wanted to talk to him. But he was identified and then he was ruled out as really having any involvement in this case. So according to the FBI, there are 89,000 active missing cases in the U.S. today. 45% of those are of people of color. Many celebrities have picked up Jelani's story, sharing, posting, and even offering to pay for his funeral services so his family doesn't have to worry about it. How amazing is that? It's These cases really gain momentum on social media mm-hmm. and through the news so much that they reach these celebrities or even just anybody that wants to help out, like lend a hand, raise funds, donate. I think, gosh, for the good people in this world, right? Yeah. I've, I've seen GoFundMes and things come across that I'm like, oh, like I really want to donate and help that out. Yeah, so Offset actually contacted Carmen offering to cover all of the funeral costs. So with all of this like evil and these terrible things happening in the world and this terrible thing that happened to Jelani, we have to remember that there's still some super duper good people out there in this world. I think that's what makes me get through my day. Yeah. So I have a question and it might be a crazy far-fetched thought, (laughs) but we're in the same geographical location as the smiley face cases. Jelani is in that age range He was alone, although he was driving and he wasn't found like in the best condition. But I wonder if this is a case that could possibly be tied to it. I don't know. You know what? That's good. So Raina and I now want to know how many of you guys actually believe in the smiley face killer theory. And we're going to start a poll on Instagram. I was shocked that this week in the news that they, the investigators think they cracked the Zodiac killer. Oh, that would be insane. And I'm like, I freaking hope that one day... That we crack the smiley face killer. I personally cannot wait for that. Right? That's going to be that's gonna be the day. Yeah, so comment on the poll because we want to know. At the time of Jelani's death, he was actually preparing to donate bone marrow to his father who was battling cancer. Mm-hmm. Jelani had his entire life ahead of him. He spoke so confidently about his future and he was so excited about this upcoming Thanksgiving trip that him and his family were planning. I mean, he obviously had all these reasons to pursue his future. Exactly. Officer John Furman of Bloomington said that he wouldn't speculate as to whether or not foul play is a factor in Jelani's case, but that, quote, foul play or not, it's unusual. So it's so unusual that you're just going to throw out a suicide theory instead of doing an investigation because it's so unusual. But then we like, cover yeah. cases too that right out the gate are like, oh no, it's suicide. And then they look into it. Episode like, oh, one. Yeah. Episode one. Michael. Yeah. And then they're like, oh they no, actually that wasn't it. They didn't investigate. Jelani had goals, you guys. Not only that, but he crushed life, sadly, leading up to his death. He was going to do so much in life. He had so much to give, so much love. I mean, please just keep saying his name. Keep him alive in your guys' minds right now until we find out these answers. And if you guys have any information on this investigation, you are urged to call, email, fax, whatever tips that you guys have, send them over to Bloomington or Peru Police Department. All of their contact information 
It can be found in our show notes wherever you guys are listening now, and we're also going to put it on our website. The family is offering a $25,000 reward for accurate information leading to the result of Jaylani's passing. There's also a GoFundMe that has been set up which has raised almost 30 grand as of this week. So after I donated to the fund, I was scrolling through the comments left by some of the donors and I came across the sweetest comment, which is actually a verse from the Bible that was left by someone. It says, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you for I am with you and I will rescue you. Jeremiah 1:19, And that was left by Gina Henson. I thought it was so pretty and so fitting. And we all just want to be there for Jaylani's family Carmen like we all just want to surround her with as much love and strength at this time get the answers that they deserve you guys please keep Jaylani and his father in your prayers Carmen and the rest of the family as well they are going through so much Mm -hmm. and sadly they will not be able to even see Jaylani before they lay him to rest Mm -hmm. because of the state that his body was in when they recovered him it's just it's horrible. Carmen shared another quote in one of her interviews and it was something that she said that she often recited to her children which they all live by. A good name is better than riches. A good name no one can take from you. Don't you just want to hug her? I I love her. Yeah I agree. I just want to give her and her whole family a hug. I know. You guys this is the story of Jaylani Day. Share it. If anybody knows anything please the family just needs answers. And we hope that you guys enjoyed today's case. We hope you all have a safe weekend and we will see you back here next week. Bye Bye, guys. guys.